Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning. The one who loves us, loves us still. Are we glad for that? The love don't run out after the last mistake we made, but he loves us, loved us still. The title of the message is God's Church, Where I Belong. And uh, it's, it's such a privilege we have to, uh, to be members of a local body. Uh, you know, where I'll be long. You know, I want to be there. You know, you, you want to be there. You know, church is a place you want to be. If you're a good Christian, you want to be there, and you long to be there. And uh, that's, I think be long fits it pretty good because that's where when the doors are open, we, we really want to be there. You have to think, you know, church is, is that's really interesting uh, place. And it's a, uh, when you think about the design that God gave to his system, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's where you get fellowship. There's no better place to get fellowship than among the body believers, right? No place like it to get fellowship. And yet you get there together and you come from different backgrounds and you blend together and all of a sudden there's harmony. There's harmony. Now, that's an interesting word because um, I heard harmony here this morning when y'all sang. You know, and you know, if every if it would just be all everybody singing bass, it would have sounded a little strange. Uh, if everybody was saying alto, it sounded really strange. And yet, you know, you get all four parts singing, and they blend together. Guess what? It's beautiful harmony, right? It's beautiful harmony. And so, you know, that's the way that the church is. You know, we need every contribution, contribution of every part to blend together to make a beautiful sound for the Lord. It's for the Lord. And so it's just a... I like that thought, and like, you know, what kind of sound is, am I getting forth, you know? Is it one that blends with my brothers and sisters? Because if it does, then it does glorify the Lord. And, you know, does it, does it feel out, you know, does it help feel out the total sound? Because every time you're singing, and I don't have much of an ear, but I hear something that isn't harmonious. Sometimes it comes from my mouth, too. Uh, it isn't always others. You know, you think, hmm, somebody's off key here a little bit, you know. Well, praise God in the church, everybody can be on key. They can be filling a place that is important. So I'd like to start out by reading Acts 2, starting at verse 38. Acts 2, verse 38 to 34. To 30, 43. Acts 2, verse 38. Now, this just wasn't a weird church. Everybody talk about that. Early church. You know, I think that actually these principles here, God wants us to manifest and enjoy it, uh, today. So we're going to be looking at the blessings of membership. And always with blessings, then comes the responsibility to, to be doing it in such a way that is biblical and builds up. So it's a tremendous blessing. We want to read Acts 2, verse 38, where it says, and I'll read in the New King James. Then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So, so there's a lot said here. Number one is the church of God, when it is it, the membership and the church of God is repentant sinners that are born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. That's the group we're part of. And it's a tremendous blessing to realize that my sins can our sins can be beneath the blood of Jesus. And because they repented here, everyone they wanted remission of sins and they had received the Holy Spirit. Now that's the foundation of the church. No church is any better than how the members are, are thoroughly repentant of their sins. No church is any better than that. And then after that, of course, comes uh, after that comes a longing to be like, like God, follow Jesus and obey his word. And that longing there, but uh, we gotta remember that. And then because they gladly received the word. They wanted to do. Their lives are built on the word of God, not the culture around them. Uh, and then, then they were added to them. And so there must have been a church role there. But this, this uh, a membership there, and it's, it's a tremendous blessing to be part of that. Because, uh, and then they did some things. They continued steadfastly in the Word of God and in fellowship, okay? Their friendship was based on their life of, and service, their commitment to Jesus, their closest friendship. You notice how much that makes a difference in your fellowship and your friendship? You know, uh, we all have friends that don't follow, don't obey the Word. Probably all have that. And you know, it's just a different level of friendship, isn't it? You know, we come here and we go to fellow Christians, fellow believers, and you know what? There's a depth a fellowship and friendship because we're committed to the Lord. And we love the Lord. And it, and it brings just a depth and a richness to our friendship. And it says, these people, uh, the, I'd say, we as a people, we grow by having fellowship with the Lord and with one another. That's the main way we grow. And, they, and so they did it there in the early church, and we do it now too. Together and they were breaking bread. They were fellowshipping around the table like we enjoy doing. What a tremendous blessing and a privilege we have! It's a privilege to be part of a member of uh, a member of a body. So number one, the first point is it identifies a person as a as a humble believer and shows their desire to identify with other believers. That's that's a great privilege we have. Ephesians 2, verse 19 says, Now therefore, you who are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's a beautiful verse. Okay? See, this person, they, this isn't a person that wants to be an independent spirit. You know, that's sort of prevalent nowadays. You know, I want to do it my way. Now, this isn't, that isn't the thought of a good believer. We want to do it God's way. And then we want to do it how the collective body, the Holy Spirit working through the collective body decides, you know, there's a real blessing. There's a real strength in, in the, the body of Christ bringing different inspirations, different backgrounds together and saying, this is the way we feel like it's best to apply this principle. There's a lot of strength there. There's a lot of weakness in doing it just my way. 
okay? Because we all have our strong points and we all have our weaknesses. Maybe I say blind spots, as people call it. And yet, that's one of the blessings we have. We, it gets rid of that. I'm going to humbly work with my brothers and sisters. I, I, I want your contribution. So it identifies us as a humble believer. You know, I want to, it gives us identity. I, I identify with Southeastern Conference. I identify with Mabel Memorial. I identify with them. I want to. Because you are walking with the Lord. I'm walking to the Lord. So we want to do it together. I don't want to be an independent. I don't want to be a loner. No. We need each other. So it's a tremendous privilege. We are a brotherhood. A real brotherhood. It means something to us. What a tremendous blessing. Ephesians 4 verse 25 also says, Therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with your neighbor, for we are members one of another. Isn't that beautiful? We care about one another. We're members one of another. And even in Ephesians, uh, uh, and so we need to remember, it gives us an identity. More than just a personal identity, it gives us a larger identity that we are tremendous blessed by. It also provides a spiritual family to support and encourage us in our walk with Christ. And isn't that beautiful? We have a spiritual family. Now we talked about already first, there in Ephesians 2 verse 19, talks about the household of God. It also says, in 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Now, I know people get like, like their heritage or like their last name. Now, you know, I know some people, they're glad to be Yoders and, or they're glad to be uh, Martins. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you're all glad to be, but uh, I think all Christians are glad to be a child of God. I really think that's what, I think that's a name you can be proud, a label you can be proud of, okay? Uh, you know, we, I'm a child of God. That's what blends us together. You know, the household of God. I tell you, that, that means everything. That brings together. You know, and I get around certain people, and you can tell they click because they come from the same family. You know, they can just talk about this and this, and they have the same strength and the same weaknesses, may I add. And sometimes, now you don't have to, but you do. But friends, in the household of God, we do click together. We click together because we're serving the same master. We have the same goals. We have the same desires to be holy, to follow Him. We have the same guidelines, the book, the Bible. I tell you, this is a, this is a, a close-knit family. And, uh, and they, they want to identify with each other. They're, they're glad for this family. Yes, <clears throat> the children of God. The children of God. Every believer... It's wanting to serve God faithfully and it's and has received Jesus as their Savior as a child of God as they left the pathway. That's just hard for me to fathom what all that means. But it's worth thinking about a child of God. Therefore, the last part of that verse it says, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if any man be taken in a trespass, Overtaken in a trespass, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. And isn't that wonderful? See, in families, they care about each other. Now, I was in your family. We cared about each other to a certain degree. It was somewhat limited. Sometimes, I mean, if, if, they, if they crossed your path, you know, uh, it wasn't always family love at that time. But this family, they always love each other. And that's why it says, bear ye one another's burdens. Burdens, you know, bear their overloads. Isn't it wonderful to realize, you know, that when you have little children, and when you're stressed out, that you have a family that loves you. Your blood family may not uh, do this, but the family of God, the blood family that really counts, really loves you and cares. And so this family, they care about meeting the needs of one another. They care about that. Uh, they care about the overloads of their brothers and sisters. They, they care about that. They, they want to, 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 to relieve any stresses. They, they, that's brotherhood. They want to experience brotherhood. Hebrews 10 verses 21 to 25 speaks a little bit more to this, where it says, it says, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, is promised, he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching uh, that's a tremendous you know because we're following jesus our high priest you know we we live with a cure we want to live with a cure a pure conscience not one that's defiled we want to hold fast to faith we want to do that and we know it's important for me and we know it's important for you. And we know it's important that we work together to do it. That's real brotherhood. You know? And so we, we care about each other. We are one anothering. We're another group that's one another. I know this book's wrote on that. And it's a tremendous opportunity we have to exhort one another, encourage one another. We don't want to forsaking the assembly ourselves. You know, it was kind of a little drowsy when we couldn't get together. I love listening to sermons. Yes, that was good. But there was a certain element missed, an uh, important element missed, in my opinion, when we couldn't get together and fellowship one with another. And that's why it's scripture here. It's very scripture. So we're supposed to uh, let us consider one another. Let us exhort one another. Uh, and, well, I've already read one another a lot of times. And then I read one another or each other is used at least 50 times in the New Testament. We are commanded... To love each other. Now listen to this list. It's amazing. To pray for each other, encourage each other, admonish each other, to greet each other, to serve each other, to teach each other, to accept each other, to honor each other, to bear each other's burdens, to forgive each other, to submit to each other, to be devoted to, be devoted to each other. Now you want a longer list than that? What a tremendous blessing that you get to receive that. What a tremendous responsibility to give that, okay? <laughs> it's just both sides in. It's beautiful. I tell you, friends, when we as a brotherhood are each, are one another, like the scripture says here, I tell you, it's a beautiful, wonderful uh, body of believers. And, it, and this body of believers, it's not just an institution. 
I've been around some institutions, and they can be kind of cold and formal. But I believe to a certain degree the Bible, uh, maybe the church is an institution, but it's a lot different than the normal ones because it's way more personal and it's way more caring, okay? Because you, you, you can't, we can't begin to feel this one another and opportunities we have without being very loving and personal. And I praise God in the brotherhood of God, this spiritual family that gives us all this support. I tell you, this rings of support. This rings of love and encouragement and caring. Wow, what a tremendous opportunity we have to one another, each other, in the body of Christ. What a, how beautiful. Another thing that the body of Christ does for us is it gives us a place to grow in, in our gifts of service to one another. And so that's what God wants us to do. Uh, Ephesians 4, uh, 6. Uh, let's see, let me show you. Yeah, let's read 11 to 16. 4, Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ. Who is the head Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effectual working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body, for the edifying of itself, the church in love. Now that is so beautiful. Because, you know, I've been around some people that, you know, they just feel like they don't have much to give. And I do know we sometimes sing as children songs something like, one talent have I. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I really wonder how many people just have one talent. You know, I really believe God gave us all a lot of gifts and abilities to serve because he gave us the equipping. He, he gave different gifts to everybody for the equipping of the saints. And I like to say, that's you. I'll just say, that's you. He gave you whatever your strong point is and that you can do well is from a divine uh, indwelling in you uh, he gave to build up the church, okay? Never a personal uh, thing. You know, that's why, you know, people, and I think rightly so, you know, they're concerned about parachurch things, you know? Here, God has designed your wonderful gifts to be utilized in the body to magnify Jesus in the body, to extend the witness of this body out. It's not a me thing, it's Jesus thing, okay? And we can humbly work through the church. God can really bless that. I think it gives a much purer witness and a stronger witness that I am working through the body to bless others, not it's just a me thing. And I think that's the way God designed it. I think it's just beautiful. So here in this growthy environment called the church, you get to utilize your gifts. And you can even grow in that, and you may even gain more. What a tremendous blessing we have to, uh, to edify Him and to glorify Him. 
in him. And that's why I said, okay, we're all, we're dipped together. And so he says, you got this gift, so it means be available. You have gifts. Some people uh, are gifted Sunday school teachers. Some people are not, okay? But most most are more than, and I remember one man said, oh, you know, I don't want to teach Sunday school, and, you know, I can't do that. Well, after he was wailing a few times, kind of, he was a wonderful Sunday school teacher. So, be willing, be available. And if you're not, if you can't do but a so-so job, you won't be asked that often. You know, that's okay. Because I know some wonderful song leaders that, that lead songs. And I, there's all kinds of gifts uh, that people have leadership. And so, um, make sure you're available. Don't promote your gift, but be available, okay? Because there's two sides of the fence here. I see some people, oh, they just promote a certain thing all the time. And, and it's their natural gift, and you can tell it. And you know, it says, you know, well, you know, okay, this body is well-rounded, okay? And your gift is important, but your brother's gift is important, and your sister's gift is important. And so we all blend together, okay? We don't promote one gift above another because there's a gift of serving, okay? We can always serve. And maybe we can always do a little bit more, maybe. I don't know, but you know, God wants us to work together to, to glorify Him. You all, every last believer has an important part to do in the church of Christ. Every believer has an important part to do. So we don't, God don't want any slackers. There's no vacations. You know, we keep working together. Every member is valuable. And, uh, and God wants to use. And so there's blessings here, that, uh, just blessings that we can be part of this body. So be willing to use your gift. Be usable. Don't say, don't say I'm not going to be careful. Don't in a normal basis be saying no to things, okay? It can be kind of a, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you are this way, but sometimes you get tired and wore out and you start like saying no. And that's not a good, uh, good place to be in our spiritual life. Be usable because the scripture says very plainly in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 11 and 14, that we're a body and we're fitly joined together. It means we're close knit. And, and, and he says he distributes to each one individually as he wills. And this member, uh, they all work together to be a coordinated body. And I just think it's so beautiful that your gifts help complete this body. And, and there's many members and they're all important. So membership gives us a unique opportunity to show to be an asset, to edify one another and build each other up and show supernatural love. Now, I mean by that, we look out for each other. And I've even heard people say, and we know that uh, when carnality runs in families, that there, there, there is not always very much love. And in fact, there can be more picking and aggravations and, uh, and tearing down and building up. Now, I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about it in natural families, blood families. But that's what makes this uh, church such a supernatural entity. It's a supernatural. Because they, we never look down on people. We never look down. You don't rate people. Like I heard people, they profile. You know, you, you know, you see certain things, you profile. You know, you don't do that. I'm, I'm, I expect you don't. But some people are tempted to profile. And, you know, and so they, oh, you know, they got this problem or they're, they're, you know, because you see them, you put them in certain brackets. That's called, that's where the carnal 
uh, man does. See, here in this family, we encourage one another. We build each other up. We have love in spite of uh, some opinions or, or differences. We, we love each other. What a tremendous blessing. This is a growthy environment for you and I and us to grow and to be of service and to grow our gifts that God has given us. What a tremendous blessing. Another point is, it's a place under, we, we place ourselves and we become members under the spiritual protection and direction of godly leaders. Now, some people might resist this, but it's a very a valid point. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17 and 18 says, About those that have the rule over you and be submissive, for they watch for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for it would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are confident that we have, we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. I am so glad that mankind has learned for any organization to grow, there has to be a different levels of responsibility. There just has to be. It's the way it works. In a family, if everybody was a child, that family would go, it'd go, I just can't imagine the chaos. If the whole family structure was there, we was all just children. And I like children, I mean, as wonderful as they are, uh, it would be chaos. And you know, any organization has different levels of responsibility. And so God said, I'm going to ask leaders, which is the church, his servants, and your servants, may I add. Your servants. I'm going to ask them to watch out for your souls. And he does that. He asks that. And so sometimes I hear leaders say, why are they saying that? You know why they're saying that? Because they're watching out for your soul. That's why they're saying that. Yeah? It doesn't mean they understand. Do you realize a lot of times when children are asked to do something, they don't understand what their parents are talking about? That's understandable. That's not a problem. That's just understandable. Because he said, so they watch for your souls because they know they're going to give account. Okay? In other words, when we see things coming into the body of Christ and, and leaders as being watchmen, as they should be, they're commanded to be, they see this coming. Sometimes they'll see it before the children do. And you know what? I praise God sometimes the children see it before the leader. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we need your encouragement. And we need to work together on this. And so... They, they start saying, hey, this is something that's coming in. You know, we're, we shouldn't do this. This is going to make us lukewarm. Ultimately, we're going to become lukewarm and then cold. We don't want to do that. So they watch for your souls. And it's a tremendous blessing that we can work together to, to, for, to have a spiritual protection that we need. In other words, you're not just in this spiritual warfare by yourself. We're in as a body and leaders are there to help you win the victory. And it says there, okay, you so submission, it means giving in when you don't understand or when you don't want to, okay? Because if you totally agree with everything that Brother Ben says, you're not being submissive to him. You're just you're just doing the wishes of your heart. And that's a good thing if everything lines up with the Bible. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. But that's not the way it is. You know, sometimes when my parents said things, and sometimes even when, we have brotherhood agreements, may I add, that don't always uh, concur with my thinking. Guess what? Submission is the only biblical way. Submission is the only way that a church is going to be blessed by God and grow as it should. Submission. And so it takes it from every, every side. 
It comes from every Saturday. Now, what it says in Acts 20, where Paul said his heart, and I believe every good leader has this heart in them. Acts 20, verses 27 to 32 says, And I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsels of, counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has given you over, has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his blood. For I know this, that after my departure, salvage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone day and night with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That's the goal. We're sanctified people, but we need to grow in sanctification, right? I think so. I think it's very true. We all have room to grow. At least I know I do, and most Christians do. And they said, look, but he said, you know, certain ones that were called to be shepherds of the church of God. They're called to be overseers, and they care about when they see false doctrine or trends coming, and they care. Well, thank God for good leaders to do that. Uh, it's not easy. It's not even popular. And so it is not very much commendable, but it should be. I think this, this, this is a real goal of a man, uh, a man of God as a leader to rise up and, and to, to stand up and say things that are happening. Now, I don't know how much you'd appreciate if you was like Brother Paul. But what Paul was your leader, and he got up, and for three years straight, he warned you day and night. Would you like Brother Paul? Well, I think those people in Acts did, and he did what was doing what was right. Sometimes I get the feeling if you speak it every other month for a year, you've got a hobby horse, you know? Well, maybe we need to see what's happening. I'm saying thank God for leaders that warn you. We ought to thank God. Friends, that's one of the blessings of the church, that God designed it that way. Why? Because they know, leaders know, that they're going to give account for what they've said. We'll give account of what we winked at. We know that. We'll give account of what we allow and allow us to speak. We say, that's just fine. We know that it might not be fine. We'll give account. And we need to take that seriously. And you know, I praise God. God always will bless membership that says, look, I might not understand it all, but they care. They're watching. They see things. They might know things I don't know. And there's always that possibility. And you know what? I'm going to just conform because I, they care for my soul. They love me so much. They're wanting to say something to try to encourage me. What a tremendous blessing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them highly in love for their work's sake. Isn't that beautiful? And the result is, I love the end, and be at peace among yourselves. You know, a lot of quarrels would be diminished if we look to Jesus, say, what do you want us to do? Let's work together, and we would 
and we would conform to what we've agreed, and we would submit, even if we don't always agree with it, we would submit to it, then we could live, we would have peace among ourselves. Exactly the way God planned it. Isn't it beautiful? Wow. Well, it gives us accountability that we need to grow. Another point. In other words, the security. I am so glad that God has a plan that when I, or, a, or we as sheep, or I personally, when I start having a hankering that's out, or I start uh, having a, a goal, or, or saying things, or become materialistic, which are easy to do, that I am in a brotherhood that loves me so much to say, Claire, are you thinking what you're doing? Are you know, that's beautiful. What a tremendous, it gives support. I don't want to go, we, these people, people of God don't want to go astray. We don't want to become lukewarm and feel okay. We don't want to, real Christians don't want to do that. Now what it says in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, Therefore I exhort you, exhort you of all that your supplications, prayers, intercessions be given thanks for all men. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray for each other. Oh, it's beautiful. That is one way we get security is because we're a spiritual body praying for one another. Also, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 and 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now, if you got anywhere they land, you, you got something to encourage you. Okay, that's so, so beautiful. Yes, uh, warn the unruly, and it had, we don't do very good at that. Comfort the faint-hearted. I hope we're getting better at that. Uphold the weak. Yes, pray, walk beside, talk with, encourage. Be in fact, if, if that don't cover everything, just be patient with everybody. You know why? God was patient with you, wasn't he? Yeah, so we ought to be glad to return that fact. Sure, he was. And it goes on, verse 15. Seeing that no one render evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. So I am going to make sure in my life, I am pursuing what's godly and biblical and good in my life and always, not just trying to make you do it. No, I'm going to do it. And then that trickle down to brotherhood. What a beautiful thought. Yes, that gives support. That gives encouragement. That is strength. That gives security in brotherhood. That's what we need. So, Jude, one, uh, Jude uh, verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning the, of our common salvation, I find it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, not against it, but for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. How beautiful. I, I'm going to contend for the faith. I'm going to contend for righteousness. I'm going to contend. I, I'm going to... And that shows that's, that's, that's a lot of effort. I'm going to I'm going to put effort in standing up for Jesus, and so you know, so I can be a supporting brother, an encouraging brother, not one that's discouraging. I was tearing down. I, you know, I want to be accountable to you. I want to be helpful to you. I want you to be helpful to me, and I want to live a lifestyle that encourages you to be righteous and holy. Yes, short and sweet. Ephesians five twenty one, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting one that brings that's really, really uh, just says it the way it is. You know, 
It doesn't leave any room for bullheadedness or stubbornness or even sweet rebellion. It doesn't leave any room for that. It says, look, you know what? We we're pulling together. We want to do what's right. We appreciate biblical standards that we've agreed to on our brotherhood to, to manifest a certain level of working together to be righteous and holy. We love that. We want to do that. I would, I would never ever want to tear down biblical agreements that we've agreed to. A, Christ, a good member don't ever want to do that. They want to build each other up in the most holy faith. They want to earnestly contend. Yes, this body really loves Jesus and loves one another. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 9 and 10. God is faithful, by whom ye were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen, that you all speak the same thing. Weirdos? No. This is the body of Christ. We speak the same thing. We have the same goals. The same desires. We speak the same thing. And when you do that, and that there be no divisions among you. Beautiful. You think this is heaven. No. This is heaven. God working in our hearts. God working in our hearts. And that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's beautiful. That's God's church. The one you belong to. God bless you in working that out in your life.